Not everything that we do needs to be in service of some arbitrary, undefined, and unguaranteed future state. We can have joy for the sake of joy and fun and pleasure for this moment, because this moment matters too. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing Excellence. My name is Patrick Cummings. As always, I'm here with Ben Bert Bean. I just I don't even know how you said your name. I'm here with Ben Bergeron. That's his actual name. Every week on the show, we dedicate some time to exploring how we can live a life of better health and increased fulfillment. We answer your questions about the five factors of health, dive deep on living a life of excellence, and explore the strategies and frameworks to help us chase what truly matters. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you, Mr. Bean or Ben or whatever? However you pronounce your name. Loving life, man. Good. It's good to see you as always. Uh, we've got this week, this episode, listener questions about how to snack better, starting a new career as a coach and knowing how hard to push kids in sports. Our workout will be a chat about how to balance making wise decisions for our future and fun decisions for our present. And we'll wrap up the episode with something new. We're going to give you guys permission. Uh, you may be seeking to do the thing you should be doing. Warm up. We start each episode with your questions about the five factors of health, those few fundamental behaviors that most positively affect our performance, vitality, and longevity. Those five factors, how we eat, how we move, how we think, how we connect, and how we recover. Are you ready, sir? Let's go. First question. It's in the eat category, and it's from Aiden. He says, I've been working on improving my diet. I have no problem meal prepping clean food, but the biggest problem I see are in snacking. Do you all snack? Do you have suggestions on snacks that lay more uh, on the healthy or clean or super clean side rather than the processed or sick side? Also, are there things that you cook that are great midday snacks? Easiest way to snack well is to not snack. It's just, as human beings, we can go four, five, six, we could go 10 hours without eating, without anything happening to our health, vitality, performance, or anything else. I'm not saying that you need to do that, though, because you can snack and you can snack on healthy things. But that's the first place I would start. Um, and I liked, I really like the way Aiden laid that out. He's obviously listened to our 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 show in terms of Hey, in terms of the ultra processed and the sick versus the uh, semi processed and the processed and being well and the clean and ultra clean being on the healthy side. <clears throat> I like how he said, do you have any suggestions for uh, clean and super clean snacks or something along those lines? So let's do the, the, the clean ones, not, not quite the, the, the super clean. The clean is, I'm actually doing it right now, is a, a, a protein shake. I actually find a protein shake. Is it the super clean? Nope, it's not. Uh, but it is a, I'm trying to get in more protein these days. I'm trying to get in equal to body weight. And to do that, the only way I can do it is to add in a protein shake uh, at a certain point in the day. It's I, I can't get it all through real food. So it's a great place to do a snack. Um, this actually is not a snack for me. I was just telling you, Patrick, we're recording <laughs> this. It's about noon and I haven't eaten yet today. So like right before we started, I was like, yo, let me just give me three minutes to make a protein shake. So it's an easy one, protein shake. Now, I will say, if you're going to do that, get a clean protein. So all proteins uh, powders are not created equal at all. There is big difference between them. So easy telltale for that. Um, look in the ingredients. And if it says uh, a weight... Uh, a way 
hydrosylate or whey isolate, that's kind of a telltale, like it's really, really clean. It's a really high level. If it says whey concentrate, I'm not going to say it's bad, but it means it, it could be bad because the level, basically what those things are saying is how much, what percentage of the whey in here is actually whey and not other stuff. So look for higher quality um, ways. And then also what else is in there? Because we had a, a, a guy that was trying to lose weight. He had actually lost uh, like 80 pounds and then he started doing protein shakes because now he's lost all the weight. He wants to gain some muscle and he started gaining weight back and he gained like 12 pounds back. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, no, I'm doing, I'm eating super clean except for these protein shakes. Um, I was like, well, let me take a look at it. <laughs> the ingredients were like, he's, he's eating a chocolate, he's eating chocolate chip cookies. Cause it has like chocolate, these ones that are like flavored with like some of these, like <laughs> some of these like Oreo flavored, they actually have Oreos <laughs> in them. So yeah, they taste delicious, but you're having like, you're having Six Oreo cookies. candy. Yeah. So just be, if you're going to do it and you're looking for healthy, look, make sure it's healthy, but there's other ways to do it as well that aren't as quick, aren't as easy, uh, but are closer to whole foods and as well as like the, the, Easiest one, I believe, is fruit. Fruit, super easy because it's almost like self-contained, comes in its own little package, whether it's a banana, an apple, uh, whatever it might be. So that's a super easy one. And if you're like, whoa, if you want to balance that, it's the old school like Patcherwood zone, right? Like <laughs> have have a piece of fruit and some cold cuts. Yep. Like that's – is it the cleanest possible thing? No. Is it – gonna hurt you no it's not so you're good like um that's a really great awesome amazing snack it's the thing that i'll do if i'm like coming home from work and i gotta get the kids in the carpool to get off to soccer and we're not gonna have dinner till later i'll grab i just roll up the cold cuts like four or five slices into one big meat tube <laughs> and then grab an apple <laughs> Yep. And I'll just munch on the meat tube and eat the apple in the car ride and it's good to go. Uh, but another one, easy one is like uh, some fruit and some Greek yogurt. Other good one. Okay. What's the super clean way? Uh, more like really clean protein source that you cooked the night before. Some, you know, grilled chicken, some wild caught salmon, you know, fruits and some veggies, you know, that type of thing. The easiest one is like last night's dinner. You use last night's dinner as the snack. You're just going to eat it cold or you heat it up quick. But, you know, it's just like you take it out of the Tupperware, you put it in a serving dish and you got it. Yeah. So, okay. So that was kind of his last question. The things things that you cook that uh, are great midday snacks. I think yeah. that's a that's, great it's answer. Dinner. Like, what, what you you don't have to do extra work. <laughs> that's just right, like exactly. last night's dinner. Yeah. And then the last thing, just because he, he said the biggest problem is in snacking. This is something actually you said uh, last episode, or you said a version of this last episode, which is like, the key is to make it as easy as possible to make the right decision and as as hard as necessary to make the wrong decision. So what does that mean? Obviously, if you don't have the actual Oreo cookies in your house, you can't choose the Oreo cookies for a snack. I think it came from an EC post like a long time ago or something like that, but it like sparked something in me. I, I looked up what are, oh no, it was when, um, it was when I got back from Sweden. Remember that mm -hmm. whole, uh, conversation we had about like, yep. I was like blown away by what they do for nutrition was definitely the biggest thing why there was no overweight people. So I got back from there. I was like, what are the most common snacks that we have 
in America. And I look this up every almost every car ride now and share it with Heather because it's like so mind-boggling. Our uh, the top 20 snacks in America, of the top 20, over 15 of them are straight up candy. Like not like not like like goldfish are on there and things like Doritos are on there, but like legit like Skittles, Starburst, Snickers, like that's what we that's our most popular quote big air quote snack foods now. That's crazy. That's crazy. Those are those are dessert. That's not even they're not even desserts. No, no, they're yeah. It's candy. It's yes. Halloween. It's, it's Halloween every day for people. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, like uh, to Aiden's point, we got like, if you're not intentional with this thing, you're going to get stuck. And if you get stuck, you get, you, you, you got to go for, you, know, you got, no, you got to, you're going to default to ease. And if it's easy to put in um, maybe like true, like, because I always help, like if it helps if you're talking to people about like, hey, how do we create a mission statement? You're talking hypotheticals and it's really hard. But if you just give me 10 mission statements, I'm like, I got it. That's cool. So here's like the real thing for us in our house. As bad as we go is tortilla chips, sometimes granola and bread. I don't know what like that. Rice cakes. Like that's like the non-perishable things that we have, that's what we have. And we have literally zero of the other stuff. And because I don't have the willpower to say no. I don't, I, I don't want that fight with myself. It's way too hard. I don't want to burn up my mental matchsticks on that stuff. And I certainly don't want to do the fight with my kids. So it's so much easier if they're like, uh, popcorn. Maybe popcorn would be the other one. That's that's our snacks. Like if we were to have a snack, that's what we default to. Take it. All right. Next question we've got is in our think category. It's from Kevin. I'm looking at coming to the end of my military career, career after spending 20 plus years serving and in search of what I want to do for the rest of my life. I think I want to pursue a career in fitness, either coaching, swimming, or CrossFit, but I'm struggling with how to enter either or both while still supporting my family. How long should I try to see if the new position is something I will enjoy? Okay, so uh, the supporting your family thing, I can't answer that, but you should definitely go in eyes wide open of what's the earning potential and does that support the family? So the next part though, um, I can certainly help with, which is how do you how do you see if this is something that would be worthwhile, that would fill your cup, that you would enjoy? And I'll get I'm gonna give super tactical concrete here because um I'm in this position where I am a gym owner, I am a coach, and I'll tell you how if somebody wanted, came to me and was asking to try to figure out if this is right for them, what I would want them to do is go is to say, can I shadow you coaching um, a class? That's such a low lift. Can I come in and watch you coach a class? From there, there's, I think almost everyone's going to say yes. <laughs> uh, like, the vast majority of coaches will say yes. What ends up happening is people either to do too big of an ask. Um, can I sit down and ask you some questions, interview you? Can I find out about this? 
There, that's a zero lift on my part. You sit in the back of the room, watch me coach class. After that, I've now met you in person. Either ask if you can do it again later this week, next week, something like that. Or, but what you want to get to is, can I, um, could I help you for a week or two? And here's the big one. This is what I would, if someone said that, I would say no, because I think of it like when they say that they're looking to help coach and I don't want them to help. I don't know anything about their coaching ability. I don't want them helping to coach my swim team. I don't want them to help coach my kids how to ski race. I don't want to help them, this stranger help my, run my CrossFit gym, but there has to, so what you can't do is go like, can I come and watch you shadow, shadow you for another two weeks? Cause they're also going to say no to that. Cause that's like, nope, that's, but if you said, Hey, for the, for the next um, week, next week, could I come in and do this again? And I, I would be happy to help take any logistics, setup, breakdown, administrative things off your hands and help out in any way I can there. Coaches don't want help coaching, but every coach wants help with logistics, admin, and equipment. Yeah, you can help me set up the boxes and break them down after class. Yes, you can help me clean the floors. Yes, you can help me check members in and stuff like that. Absolutely. And then what you do is you have a one to two week insight into the real operations of what this looks like. And then you can make a real decision of, is this the way I want to spend my time? Mm. So kind of hedge into the decision before he commits, actually see what he'd be committing to. You got right? to, yeah. Why, why, yeah. and when it's the, it's really hard to like, you can't do this with the Navy SEALs. You can't go like, mm-hmm. hey, can I spend a week with the Navy SEALs to see if it's something <laughs> see if I, I like want to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I can't see it spend a week with the Blue Angels, like flying around an F-16 fighter, see if it's something I want to do. I can't get in the operating room and see if that's something I want to do. This is the opportunity. Coach, you are allowed in the room if you ask for permission, dot, 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 in a non-big ask way. <laughs> What's the minimal viable ask? Yep. Which How is- make it an easy yes? Yes. Can I sh- watch you? Can I watch you coach a class? Can I watch you coach a swim practice? Yeah. After that swim practice. Hey, would you mind if I came back tomorrow and, um, you know, did this again? Yeah, that's fine. After that one, you go, hey, I'm going to put this out there. And if it's a no, totally get it. Understand. It, can I help you in any way next week? I would love to be able to come back and do the same thing next week, but I also, you know, don't want to do this for free. I'm willing to help you. I can, you know, get all the flippers and the clipboards out and, you know, I can write the work on the whiteboard and I can, you know, clean the locker rooms afterwards. I'll do anything you want. Cause I just like, I'm really enjoying this process. And I, what coach is going to say, no, don't help me out with that stuff when they've already said yes to one day and two days. All right. This last question we have in uh, our warmup is from Victor. It's in our connect bucket. He says, I'm doing a sprint session at a local stadium and there's a dad there playing soccer with his daughter. The daughter, somewhere between six and 10 years old, keeps missing, tripping, and the dad is playing rough. Not in a bad way, but he's just not letting her win easily. Daughter starts crying and keeps saying it's too hard so she can't succeed. 
After a few attempts at trying to keep his daughter going, he tried everything, reassuring, being tough, etc. The dad just gives up. What would you have done in this situation to teach the daughter a lesson on mental toughness? Or how do you deal with that those kinds of things when they get harder? How would I do this? I'll, I'll tell you how I did do this because this exact situation happened with me and Bodie, my 11-year-old. <clears throat> uh, he's playing club and travel soccer, trying to get him to be good. Um, so we did a couple extra practices at the field. And uh, first time we went, uh, it, and it it didn't end up in tears. It went to tears very, very quickly. Um, since then, uh, there haven't been tears. So what did I learn from my mistakes? It's the same in any learning environment, which is people need to be at their threshold. Now, we've talked about this a lot. And I, you know, I think it's talked, you know, James Clear talks about atomic habits, but it's, it's that same thing we just got done. It's the minimal viable dose. What's the least challenge you can, this sounds weird. I get it. What's the least amount of challenge you can give somebody that will cause a change? So what did I do in the first time? You know, I, I put a, we were taking shots on goal. I put a bunch of balls at the place where they kicked the penalties from. It's not far at all, but Bodie scrubbed a few, like some didn't even make it to the net and other ones. Um, he got long story short, got very, very frustrated to the point where it broke down in tears and it took a long time for me to get him back. And I did get him back, but it took me a long time. What do I do now? We start with the ball on the goal line, like literally in the, in the net. And I am, we bring five balls. I'm just drill five balls into the net, into the back end. He can't miss. It's impossible to miss. And the ball almost always is going to be in the air, which the kids feel good about because look at me, I could get the ball in the air. Cool. After those five, we move the ball back five yards and he does it again. And now he's good. So it's like he drills them and they all go in, they're all in the air. Then we move back to the 10, then we move back to the 15. Somewhere between the 15 and the 20 for where Bodie is right now, it gets challenging. Once it gets to be challenging, we move back to the one before, to where it's not challenging anymore. Confidence goes up and he's drilling me. Then we move him back. So what are we doing? We're finding the threshold. We're just finding the place that he feels good, confident, because this is the same thing with working out. People think as coaches and affiliate owners and even people doing it, what is the, what is the goal of the fitness program? They think it's to get fit. Well, the way we train, you don't need that to be the goal because it's going to happen. The way that this training program works, that is the unavoidable consequences of training this way. If you take the medicine, you will get healthier. So what is the goal? Compliance. They have to do it. That's it. They have to show up again tomorrow. So what is the goal for the, the dad working with the daughter? It's not to learn this new drill. It's not to get tougher today. It's not mental toughness. It's to show to want to come back and kick balls again tomorrow. That's the thing. So how do we do that? You make them feel good about it. How do they feel good about it? By not tipping over their threshold, getting to the point where they're no longer. So it goes 
comfort, learning zone, struggle. And another word for those are, um, you know, everyone knows about the comfort zone, but there's no change. If I just had Bodie only kick from the goal line, we're not going to make that much progress. Now, in a longer trajectory, we will, but not a lot today. In that learning zone is that sweet spot between um, ease and um, change. Beyond that, it goes into struggle and struggle can lead to panic. That other That's also called the panic zone where people get literal, like it could literally be over their head, right? Learning to swim, it's over their head and that's a panic zone. Well, hypothetically, that's the same thing. We got to keep kids, particularly certain, not even kids, people in a place where they feel comfortable and confident. Minimal viable dose over and over and over again is the best way to create sustainable change. All right. Uh, if you would like to get a question into a future episode, find me on Instagram at PS Cummings, drop me a DM. We will get it into either our warm up or sometimes we often build our workouts around questions, which is what we're going to do today. We do have a question from Orsi about deciding between uh, long term and short term decisions. But first, quick word of thanks from our sponsors. We're brought to you this week by Cozy Earth. Go to CozyEarth.com, use the code EXCELLENCE at checkout for a whopping 40% off their entire website. If you're tired of and tired from uncomfortable bedding, look no further than Cozy Earth, the brand bringing you the ultimate luxury in bedding. Cozy Earth's best-selling bamboo sheet set is is not only incredibly soft, but is also temperature regulating, ensuring you stay comfortable all night long. No more tossing and turning, trying to find the right temperature. Cozy Earth has got you covered literally. But it's not just the sheets that will transform your sleep experience. Cozy Earth also offers a complete bedding collection from pillows to blankets, all designed to reinvent your sleep sanctuary. When you choose Cozy Earth, you can sleep with confidence. Their generous warranty provides peace of mind and ensures endless comfort. And here's the fun fact. Cozy Earth's bamboo sheet set was even named one of Oprah's favorite things in 2018. That is Oprah-level luxury right in your own bedroom. So why settle for less? Elevate your sleep experience and make every night a five-star experience with Cozy Earth's premium bedding collection. Responsibly sourced, temperature-regulating bamboo set sheet is the key to unlocking unparalleled comfort. If you're ready to experience the softest, most luxurious sheets, visit CozyEarth.com. Don't miss out on our exclusive offer. Use the code EXCELLENCE at checkout and enjoy 40% off site-wide. Again, CozyEarth.com, where your dreams come true. This is the next birthday present for everyone that lifts, listens on this show for their spouse. Love it. Like, what, like you're, looking about, you're thinking about like what, what do you get? 40% off amazing, like amazing, amazing sheets. That's such like a... Like for comfort and better sleep, like this is the thing. We're also brought to you this week by Life Force. Head to mylifeforce.com/excellence to learn more and use the code Excellence40 to save 40% on a new membership. 
Are you tired of the usual reactive approach to healthcare, always waiting for symptoms to arise before taking action? Well, LifeForce is here to change the game. LifeForce is not your typical healthcare company. They are clinically proactive. LifeForce is on a mission to help people improve how they feel, how they perform, and how long they'll live with a focus on functional health, disease prevention, and slowing down the rate of aging at the cellular level. LifeForce is redefining what it means to be healthy. As a LifeForce member, you'll experience a whole new level of well-being. Imagine having better energy, more focus, greater strength, improved longevity, and deeper sleep. Well, that's what LifeForce is all about. But what sets them apart? It's their proactive approach. LifeForce believes in unlocking your health, understanding what you should be measuring and why, and unleashing your potential. They combine biomarker testing, functional medicine doctors, certified health coaches, and advanced nutraceutical and hormone therapies to create personalized proactive health plans just for you with their at-home blood draw testing over 40 biomarkers they provide you with the data knowledge and support you need to live better longer and truly be healthy no more guesswork life force measures what matters and here's the best part life force is offering our listeners an exclusive 40 percent discount on their membership just use the code excellence 440 when you visit mylifeforce.com excellence and start your proactive health journey today don't settle for reactive healthcare. Take the proactive approach with life force. Your well-being deserves it. All right, my man, workout this week. This is a question, as I said, is from Orsi. Uh, and here is what she says. I was listening to one of your recent episodes where you were talking about being wiser and choosing stuff that is beneficial in the long term. My question is, how can you decide what is good in the long term and what is just a fun thing in the moment? For example, I'm planning a multi-day solo bike ride and camping with my one-year-old, which will totally smash her daily routine. So we can say it's a fun thing to do in the moment, but maybe we'll cause some sleeplessness uh, or sleepless nights for a few days or weeks. But how do we know if this will make her gain some skills in the future? How can I decide what is a wise idea and what is not if I try not to label situations? Um, this fits so well into the evolution of the chasing excellence conversation, right? We, and it's, it's evolved. Um, first, maybe first off, Orsi, I love that you're going to be doing that with your one-year-old. That's so badass, like a multi-day bike and camping trip with a one-year-old. You are braver than I, um, so, but here's how it fits into this really cool conversation because I think that if the question is, how do we know when we're doing something for the benefit of long-term gain versus something fun for the moment right now, the way that this uh, chasing excellence conversation evolution has happened is, and it's, and it's not just like this is the step levels I would take. In the beginning, we want to make sure we're not seeking out pleasure for pleasure's sake, that we're doing things. As we say in the buy-in to the show is like, find the few fundamental behaviors that most positively affect your long, like that. Okay. But there is a big asterisk on all of that. Not everything that we do needs to be in service of some arbitrary, undefined, and unguaranteed future state. We can have joy for the sake of joy and fun and pleasure for this moment because this moment matters too. And that's not sacrificing for something down the line later on. Both being productive, trying to do things to 
become a better version of ourselves down the road and doing truly fun, just things for the sake of doing fun things have their place. I think it's really interesting that Orsi thinks that that's fun, like having a sleepless one-year-old in the woods and then putting them on a bike. But that's, uh, you know, I would actually say that's the opposite. I would say that's the thing you're doing that for long-term. That's crazy and amazing. But here's, if we need to delineate between, because we've talked about this, like pleasure, is pleasure a good thing or a bad thing? What we have to, if what I'm saying is pleasure for the sake of pleasure in this moment is okay as long as it's not detrimental. Now, here's why. If you were to ask a heroin addict when they feel best, what would their answer be? And it would be when they're doing, when they're using, when they're high. So does that mean that we should just do things that make us feel good? The answer is no, because then the heroin addict would just keep on doing that. We just have to put this through a little filter system, which is as long as this isn't detrimental and I'm enjoying this moment for the moment itself, not only is that okay, you know, many monks would say that's the purpose of life is just to have live from moment to moment. This might be in true enlightenment with no judgments of whether this is good or bad. It's just for the sake. Of, and that allows you to do, to connect and not only connect to others, but to connect to the earth and the world and your environments. So if this is the, it basically is like, yeah, like you sitting down to enjoy a sunset doesn't further, doesn't make you a more productive human being later on. Now, minus like the whole Patrick Cummings finding stillness and all that, but for the true, like for the sake of enjoying the colors of the sunset in that moment, that that's a beautiful and amazing thing that I hope all of us take the time to enjoy. But Watching a sunset is very different than, you know, having a, a, a porn addiction or something like that that's going to be detrimental to your life that you're watching. Similar to reading fiction. This is where I've flipped my, flipped my view on this. Reading fiction for the sake of reading fiction, you shouldn't always need to read self-betterment and history and um, things that educate you to become – we're not, not in service of some undefined, unguaranteed, arbitrary future state. We can read fiction for simply the joy of, of the story and the moment. Now, that's different than reading the tabloids, which is – that could be detrimental. Like that's not the right thing. We're getting really distracted. Similar is small talk. I used to be so against small talk. Like what are we doing here? We're talking about the weather. We're talking about the Patriots and the Red Sox and like – this is like, where you're from? Like, oh, do you know this person? Oh, that, what's the weather like in Timbuktu? Like, I, I used to not be able to stand that. But it's, it's, it can be just enjoyed for the sake of enjoying getting to know and connecting with that person for the sake of connecting with that person. Now, it's very different than gossiping. So all we have to do is go like, are we just enjoying the sunset? Or is this pleasure thing? Are we frat boys? That we're just like the only thing we can do is connect is is enjoy this moment if we're like intoxicated and debauchery and tearing down our health. A bike ride with your one year old, we're overthinking this, is not 
detrimental at all to anything, minus the maybe a couple of restless days and nights from disrupting a routine. But in terms of the ability to live life, it's awesome. That's This is where we want to get to. Because again, level 1.0 of chasing excellence is the routine. It is the discipline. It is foregoing the pleasure for the productive. It is all about trying to um, create a structured approach to betterment. It is about the awareness, the intention, and then taking actions towards a better life, knowing that we have ultimate control. Again, not on our timeline and not without the bumps, but we can do the things and create the life that we want if we have enough awareness, intention, and action. That's start. That's the starting stakes. But we don't stop there. Because then what we do is we just become this kind of masochistic approach, this stoic in the in the bad stoic sense, not in the stoic sense that we control, uh, we focus only on what we control, but in the sense of like, I'm not even going to have emotions. I'm not going to do anything that doesn't uh, lead me to be something better. We become the tiger mom and dads that just drive our kids to endless betterments. The The evolution of this thing, which I believe is just like the monks do. They start off with like chop wood, carry water. That's discipline. But they don't stop. They don't go there. They eventually find the greatest amount of joy and pleasure in, in smelling a flower. Way more so than we could probably get from anything else in our lives because they've done so much work. Yes, work. Productive to get themselves to that state that they can then enjoy the sunsets. So this would be my take is... If we are, um, if we're sleeping in, hitting the snooze alarm, eating junk food, staying up late, watching Netflix, using drugs and alcohol to like cope with the 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 um, how we're unsatisfied with our lives, we got some work to do. So let's do the work. Let's let's do the work. But you know, I don't. I don't want us to get stuck there, right? I don't want us to get stuck to the point where we're going. Is it wrong for me to take a bike ride with my kid? Like, oh my goodness, this is where we're trying to get to. Is where we are living our lives in the service of this moment, because we're now operating with on this moment at a different level. Bike ride with kid, way way different than. 3:30 a.m. going to the you know trying to get the last thing out of the out of the keg and it's just foam, but you're still drinking that thing, and then sleeping in until three in the afternoon, and then going get you know um, a big greasy meal to cure the hangover, and then that's what this is the evolution we're trying to get you to where Orsi is right now. So Orsi, don't don't overthink it, don't overjudge it. This is the this is where we want to be. All right. Love all of that. Uh, the only thing I will add, and I didn't tell you this, is I checked Orsi's Instagram uh, this morning, and she did, in fact, go on the bike trip with her one-year-old, and it looked amazing. <laughs> it looked amazing. So she took your, adva your advice, even though you hadn't given it to her yet. Um, so good on you, Orsi, uh, and keep going with that. All right, we're gonna be back with a, a new shout out and a new cool down too as well uh, in just a minute. First, a quick word of thanks to one of our sponsors, Policy Genius. If you are looking for a smarter way to find life insurance, 
Find Policy Genius. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find the lowest price. With policies starting at just $25 a month for a million dollars of coverage, you can find the right fit for your needs. And the best part, some options offer coverage in as little as a week uh, and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed award-winning agents who work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. And there are no added fees, and your personal details are always private. But don't take our word for it. Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. If you're already covered through work, employee-sponsored life insurance may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Plus, it won't follow you if you leave your job. So why wait? Head to policygenius.com. Click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quote and see how much you could save. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net and you deserve peace of mind. That is policygenius.com. All right, got a shout out uh, this time around. Shout outs just when we take a moment to read a note that a listener has sent us a word of thanks, uh, or sometimes it's a review or just a comment on YouTube. This is from Robert. It says, Chasing Excellence, it's content and the shared wisdom of you and Ben have been continually changing my life since I started listening in 2017, which is also when I found CrossFit. You both helped me figure out how to eat, sleep, train, think, and connect my way to the absolute best version of my 43-year-old self. I've lost and kept off 55 pounds, quit smoking, cut alcohol, and got my CrossFit level one along the way. And as a special treat to myself, I signed up to drop in at CFNE uh, in mid-August while traveling to Boston for work. Dropping into a CrossFit gym somewhere sends my anxiety into overdrive a bit, but embracing the uncomfortable is what we do. Thank you for both. Uh, thank you both for changing the trajectory of my life. I'm beyond pumped to walk through those doors next week. And of course, I followed up with Robert when I actually read his note uh, to ask if he did, in fact, drop into CFNE. And he did. And he sent me a picture of you and he in the parking lot of CFNE. So Amazing. maybe you remember Robert. Heck uh, yeah, Robert. Dropping in. Yep. <laughs> 55 pounds change your life man that's amazing yep yeah Love it. our cool down we're gonna do something slightly new we're gonna do i'm stealing this idea from uh she's an author and podcast her name is jenny blake uh she wrote a book with, which is awesome called free time uh and her newsletter which she sends out every week includes one little bit of permission every single week uh and so her audience for that is is entrepreneurs and creative entrepreneurs so this is just an example of what she does uh in all of her uh, this is one bit of her permission which was pull back on something that isn't working so that you can take smart risks in a new direction just an example so i just thought we'd kind of steal that and every once in a while kind of give folks out there permission to uh to do something that perhaps they know they should be doing but have not yet been pushed enough so i thought we could each just give one little bit of permission that maybe perhaps we ourselves have had to give ourselves Go for it. I'll give you one. This is one I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, and it's one I'm, I'm stealing from uh, another show of mine, Optimal Agency. This is something that John, John Gilson, who we've had on the show, he's really, really good at this. And this is a lesson that I'm trying to learn. And so it's permission I'm giving myself, but I think also permission that a lot of folks need, which is give yourself permission to ask for what you want. <laughs> a lot of times I think we... We, we, we go around the things we want. We, we are subtle about it. We hint at it. We hope for it. But oftentimes this, the, the fastest path is the straightest path. And sometimes if you just ask for what you want, you'll get it. If not, you, maybe you might not get it, but you'll get an, uh, an awfully good approximation of it. And that'll be uh, a lot better and a lot faster than wishing, hoping, and, and uh, praying that people can read your mind and give you, in fact, what you want. Can you give an example of that? 
Yeah. So, uh, yes, here's one. Um, so there's a, there's a person who I admire, who I, uh, I like a lot and I like the work that they're doing a lot. And so, um, I reached out to him recently. I said, Hey, do you want to talk? And of course he said, yes, because he and I are, are friendly enough that he said yes to that. Uh, and it was one of those things that I don't know if it will amount to anything, if it will lead to anything, but I know for sure that he wasn't thinking about me. And so, I sim all I simply needed to do was reach out and say, Hey, want to, I've, I've got a, th I've got a thing I want to chat with you about. And that was all that was necessary. And again, whether it leads to something, who knows, who cares? The point being, he wasn't going to think of me. I, but I was thinking of him. And so I reached out to him. I like that. It's uh, it's, uh, you know, when you say that the first person that pops to my mind is Katrin. Mm. Um, she had no problem asking for things. It's such a good skill. It, 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 it takes a level of, Courage, though, for sure, because we're so, um, me, especially, um, fearful of rejection, you know, and they're, they're going to say no. And like, she would, <laughs> like, ordering at a restaurant was like an adventure with her because it was never <laughs> off the menu. It was a gazillion substitutes. Her dad would get so frustrated at the way she would order. She's like, hey, like, I don't know if they're going to do this for me, but if I don't ask, then this is yeah. what I want. And if they don't, if I don't ask, they're not going to do it. So she's like, just ask. She, oh my God, I, I'm not giving away. Uh, she's, she's done some crazy stuff just from asking. My permission for this week. I'm going to give people permission to not try as hard in the gym. In our community, we have this idea that if we aren't killing ourselves, we're not doing the thing. If we're not on the floor afterwards, we haven't actually done the thing. If we're not um, um, working out at top levels, we've missed it. That is not the case. And we're actually not supposed to be training at that. So again, like the evolution of this thing. Yes. Like in the beginning, we're trying to get people to work harder. But that's like... <laughs> We're like getting off of like the, the doing a set of 10 bench press, sitting up, grabbing your phone and scrolling through Instagram. Three minutes later, rolling back down, doing another set of 10 bench press, coming back up and scrolling through Instagram again. And or grabbing People magazine, sitting on a crumbin bike and like flipping through the pages as your legs turn in circles. Once you're walking into the, the, the affiliate, once you're doing this thing, on comp train, once you're doing this type of training, chances are you're going too hard, not that you're going not hard enough. We just need to do the thing. That becomes scary for people in the beginning. Like, I don't know if I can work that hard. That's not the thought process. They're not going like, I don't know if I can pour everything I have into this day, this time. But the thought process subconsciously is when I work my hardest today, I don't know if I'm going to be on the same spot on the leaderboard as I'm used to being where I want to be. So because of that, a bad downstream effect comes about. I don't know if this is for me. Maybe I shouldn't go in today. Maybe I'll change the movement. Maybe I'll do something else. The idea is go in, take the medicine, get better, move on to tomorrow. And you don't need to give every single thing that you have to this thing. You know, just recently did a, an article, you know, of, with um, a story of my dad um, that we posted in Morning Chalkup. And this was as 80, this is at 80 years old, 
this is still the number one thing that we need to navigate is he works out too hard. If he was able to pull it back 25, 50% every day, he could do this for the next decade or two. If he continues to go at maximal intensity, he won't make it for another month or two. Like for sure, like for sure. We, it's like, that's going to be the case. So what is going to have better long-term effects? Him doing this at 50 to 75% of his maximal potential power output for two decades or him doing this at 95 to 100% of his maximal potential power output for 30 to 60 days? It's not even close. It's, I mean, it's just not even close. So when you feel like you're having second guesses about this workout this day, you have my permission to not train hard today. Love that. Cool. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. If you'd like to get a question into a future episode, find me on Instagram at P.S. Cummings. Drop me a DM. I will get it um, on our list and into a future episode. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence.